Hey, this is Cody from Von Body Arts in Monterey, California, and you're listening to Piercing Wizard Podcast. The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to another episode. Uh, this week's guest is Sampa von Cyborg, a really interesting guy. Uh, we've been friends for quite a while. I first became aware of Sampa on a website called BMEZine. So for, for people who have been in the industry or interested in uh, body art, body modification for, for a while, BME might, might be familiar to you. But for anybody who's maybe younger or maybe has just gotten into body modification recently, they might not be aware of what it is. So before there was Facebook and before there was MySpace, there was uh, BME Zine and its, uh, its social network called I Am. And when I first got into this industry as a professional, I was maybe 18 or so, roughly. And I, you know, I was aware of body piercing. I was certainly aware of tattooing, um, but I wasn't really aware of a lot of the, the fringe elements of, of body modification. I had seen scarification and, and implants, tongue splits, things like that. Very, very sparsely, you know, the occasional tattoo magazine. I saw a little bit of it in Modern Primitives, read a little bit about it there. But I wasn't really very familiar with... Um, the community behind it. So when I when I got into BME, I met all these different people. You know, that's when I really kind of started to come into my own as uh, as a practitioner of, of maybe more than just body piercing. You know, I became aware of uh, you know dermal punching and and scarification and and all these other things. You know, uh, genital implants and and all this other stuff. BME was really interesting too because. You had all these different things that were kind of like stepping stones in the industry. So for anybody who's into piercing, you know, I'm sure you're aware of you know surface piercing and surface anchors, microdermals. But there were a bunch of other things that people were trying too during the BME days. There was uh, flesh stapling, um, which was kind of like a reverse surface piercing, you know, kind of in the, the fail column. But um, it was an important step. And I remember one of the first people that I ever saw doing stapling was this crazy body piercer guy from Finland named Sampa. And um, we became friends, you know, uh, we eventually became uh, basically like pen pals. And uh, eventually when he moved to uh, to the UK from Finland, uh, he invited me over and he, he kind of set me up with one of my first uh, international guest spots doing scarification. Um, it was really cool. You know, I, I learned a lot from him. You know, I'm just a, a naturally curious person. So, you know, I'd ask him about implants and, and tongue splits and, and this and that. And, you know, he would always, he would always be willing to, to kind of share information. You know, I wasn't trying to like learn so I could perform it. I just wanted to understand it better. And, you know, he's this wealth of knowledge, you know, he's got this really interesting background where he's a, uh, he's an artist, but he's also a technician and, you know, he's learned from medical professionals and he's traveled the world and he's learned all this stuff. And, you know, he's, he's really an innovator uh, in a lot of different things. And, um, you know, some people might not, 
be in love with his his personality. You know, he's he's definitely a character. But I, I think unanimously people kind of respect his work. He he really pushes the limits of of what it is to be a, a body modification artist. You know, he does some some really unique work. So uh, I was lucky enough to sit down with Sampa uh, at uh, this past APP conference in Las Vegas. And uh, we talked about a couple different things. We didn't really talk much about his his work with body modification um, because I feel like there's that that's so well known online already. You know his his Facebook page and his websites, and he's just constantly on a world tour. So lots of people get exposed to that kind of stuff. So I wanted to talk about some of the things that he's excited about, but hasn't really been able to to publicize that much. Uh, we talk about his uh, newly launched body jewelry line. Uh, and we talk about the social network site that he is trying to to get launched and get up and running um, as kind of um, maybe like a spiritual successor to BME, actually. So both are under the name Rusty Cyborg. Um, his working name is Sampa von Cyborg. Uh, his wife is uh, Aneta von Cyborg. So they've got the Rusty Cyborg Creations will be their jewelry line. And then their website is Rusty Cyborg which is kind of neat because it's the word rusty, then C-Y-B dot O-R-G. So it's rusty cyborg, which is always just kind of neat. It just makes me giggle, but it, it's just a smart idea. Enjoy the interview. We talk about the jewelry. We talk about the social media. And after that, I'll be back with a few questions from the mailbag. I'm here in Las Vegas for the APP conference, and I'm talking to Sampa von Cyborg. You can go ahead and introduce yourself, Sampa. Hi. Like he said, I'm Sampa von Cyborg. <laughs> Uh, and as we're talking, I'm checking out his uh, his new line, and it's really interesting jewelry. I'm sure by the time that this ends up online, you'll see it on social media and, and Instagram. He's going to be launching it uh, here at the the jewelry expo, and it's some some really unique designs. It's got a really cool kind of biomechanical feel to it, and some really really innovative closures for the jewelry. So I think it's going to be a pretty popular line. What was it that inspired you to do this? Well, <clears throat> first of all. I've been wearing my own jewelry 17 years, 24-7, because there's no any other jewelry. What kind of made me think like, wow. So like, you know, that was like late, like mid, mid 90s, mm -hmm. when I saw Jesse Charles' uh, fractal creation stuff first time, and I was like, that's something else. Yeah. And since then, I've like you know that's that's the style what i've always been liking yeah and then he stopped making them so like you know the last well, 15 years there hasn't been like you know nothing in the market what would replace his stuff yeah and then um i always been into like biomechanical anyway and then when it was maybe eight years ago i saw um thomas Bittles pass uh jewelry online like mm. on a Facebook like he yeah. was making rings and stuff and he, he was the only artist I saw that made anything biomechanical yeah so then uh, I contacted him and I said that I like his style and he's, he said that he's been following me he likes my stuff and and then we started talking and then it was like maybe six months later we got married so we decided that we want Thomas to design our wedding rings. Yeah. And then, then I contacted him and he said that I want to make some custom rings for you guys and not just the basic stuff. And we agreed. And then there was a long story, like, you know, the rings were supposed to arrive before a wedding and actually did. But he messed up the um, 
orders and we got someone else ring and someone else got our wedding rings. Okay. And then then he was like, fuck, you know, like I can't fuck up these people's wedding. So he started working on it to get things done. And yeah. there was a, like basically someone from FedEx was like, you know, that's a wedding, you know, these guys has to get their, mm-hmm. they have to get their rings uh, before wedding. And this lady was, you know, stopping air, like an airplane somewhere, you know, making things happen. Yeah. And then they managed to do that. But then um, customs started thinking this, there must be something wrong because, you know, like there was all these special uh, arrangements. Right. So they stopped it. So we got okay. our uh, wedding rings like day after our wedding. Uh. And I remember like, yeah, I called him and I said, look, yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, we just didn't get our rings before our wedding. Mm-hmm. And he was like really, really, you know, obviously sorry for that. And I was, I remember thinking that, you know, okay, like I just have a feeling that this is just a start, yeah. you know? Yeah. So then became to be a good friends and like family. And then he's been designing stuff for me. And, but we both were broke. Like we never had enough money to kind of start yeah. anything. So it's And you're really like, busy with like a hundred other projects. Yeah. Too. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so then... Over these years, every year we met him and, you know, like spent time with him, designing stuff, being in contact via Skype and stuff. And then last year when we were in States, uh, we decided, fuck it, you know, like now it's time to, you know, move on. Like, you know, we have all these cool designs, but we never made made anything. Yeah. We decided, okay, what about if you, Thomas, move to London with us Mm -hmm. and... We make things rolling, and then now, um, beginning of December, he moved moved with us, and uh, since then we've been working on this jewelry collection cool. nonstop, and and that's how it is. So, so when it, when it comes to the the design of it, is it basically he's making something and you're kind of giving him input, or do you give him like a sketch and then he kind of makes something in CAD? Okay, so basically we have a really similar style, like you know like a taste yeah with all kind of stuff so like you know if i tell him what i like when i get the like you know when i see the design it's like a way beyond what i was even thinking mm-hmm. so like it is exactly what i was thinking but yeah. much much better so you you can kind of tell him like the feel you want and then he yeah. conceptualizes it and adds all the depth to it yeah yeah and also like with the locking mechanism uh, that's what we were working together like you know yeah like how to make this working i bought the 3d printer so we've been printing different options because we didn't want we, we don't want any tools yeah to use yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean it's really innovative because like they have a really interesting style and like if you look at it you might not be able to figure out how it opens but as soon as you like touch it it just seems natural how you you open it up you don't really have to struggle with it you don't have to fight with it but it's it's still secure so it's it's a really innovative locking mechanism and I mean they're all unique too so does he have body piercing experience or did he, did he kind of go at it from like an engineer and an artist rather than from the body piercing perspective well he has no any experience of uh, body piercing yeah. or any body art so basically that's a whole new whole new uh, industry for him yeah his background is in um, uh, movie industry he, he's been making like you know making movie props and stuff okay uh, and then he started like he's a sculpt like he's been sculpting all his life yeah but then years ago maybe then well over 10 years ago when uh 
Zebra started. Then Zebra is the uh, sculpting software, 3D, okay. 3D designing software. Yeah. Uh, so he he was the, one of the first who ever started using that kind of softwares for uh, designing jewelry. Okay. And he's been working for like some some big names as well, mm-hmm. like some big companies and stuff as a freelancer, but also he's been like employed in certain companies and stuff. Yeah. But mainly like a high-end jewelry and skull rings and that kind of yeah. stuff. Like basically he started with the skull rings. Uh, so obviously like, you know, when we started working together, that was kind of the most obvious uh, in like a um, thing to do, mm-hmm. just, you know, my background is from in abusing and body modification yeah. and then it comes together yeah, and so like, something you know, that functional. Was like that made made so much sense just yeah. you know like okay that's the thing what we should do we have some other stuff like sex toys and uh, sunglasses and mm-hmm. that's oh, is stuff. that he's the same artist that worked yeah. with you with those projects yeah yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. so like you know uh, we want to extend this uh, brand not yeah. only with the uh, body jewelry but all kind of stuff, whatever yeah. is cool. And it all has a really like similar feel to it. You know, it all has like a, you know, biomechanical might be too simplistic, but it's got a, it's got a really, I don't know, universal kind of theme to it. Yeah. All the different I would just say that they're all like, you know, there's a, there's a certain elements like a biomechanical, but also we have lots of stuff what has lots of like a, all like a Viking style elements yeah. and, and that kind of things. Like it, it's not that we want to, focus on biomechanical only mm-hmm. but since we both have this biomechanical background so yeah. like you know there's always you know some elements of that kind of stuff yeah they have like a really organic flow to them you know yeah. it's not just biomechanical you know it also looks like really relatable to to different forms of anatomy and 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 it's just like a, it's a nice organic structure to it yeah yeah, yeah. also we we have a line for like a more mechanical stuff yeah more kind of like a robotic looking and that kind of sci-fi style yeah cool. uh not on like you know the biomechanical line kind of is like a split half with uh, this kind of like a sci-fi style mechanical mm. thing and then we have this organic biomechanical plus then you know we don't want to kind of put us in any category because yeah. that, that would always yeah. lead yeah. yeah, I mean, like, even even though they're they're different, you know, with the ones that are more Viking-inspired, inspired, more organic-inspired, more biomechanical-inspired, you know, I, I think a lot of people can equate it to your aesthetic, you know, the sump of cyborg kind of aesthetic rather than just having it be one one form only. Yeah. So what's, what's the, the name of the line? Is it Rusty Cyborg for the line? Or um, what are you going to call the line? That's the thing we haven't... Like, I think we agreed, actually, the name. It's uh, going to be Rusty Cyborg Creations. Yeah. Uh, because we want to kind of use the short version of that mm-hmm. RCC. The, um, RCC okay. Uh, instead of using the Rusty Cyborg Creation right. name, like, you know. Uh, but also, I want that, you know, there is this kind of like a brand mm-hmm. that we have this uh, social network, but yeah. also like, you know, it has this... Uh, yeah, it offshoots to a different synergy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. as far as the, the social media goes, Rusty Cyborg, um, talk a little bit about what that is. Well, um, since BME died, yeah, and uh, like, you know, like I think we both, you and me, we wouldn't be here without BME. No, absolutely not. So yeah. I think like um, 
when Sanan died, I started thinking about this thing, like, you know, that we actually need some dedicated uh, platform for, mm-hmm. for our industry and community, uh, because uh, for various reasons. One is that, you know, uh, this kind of uh, mainstream social media blocking us uh, of showing our censorship, work. Censorship, yeah. yeah. The censorship is so so hard. But also the problem what I what I see in <clears throat> in the Facebook kind of uh, like a community what like you know we have to use mm-hmm. so, uh, this kind of uh, mainstream platform for yeah. our stuff. So it's almost judgmental when, exactly. you, when you post that. You you can't really just be yourself and you have to explain it all the time when you post something. The first question is in the comments is always why would you do that? Exactly. So yeah. like you know uh, we have all these people who basically hate what we do. Yeah as an audience and then like you know I don't think we should waste our energy to fighting with some mm-hmm. uh, random people who hate everything what we do yeah but also what I what I see what is a problem is that uh, internet is so full of uh, misinformation nowadays mm-hmm. and the Facebook actually make it more easy to uh, spread this misinformation because anyone can start a Facebook groups and be an admin yeah. and then uh, most of those groups they're not even run by uh, professionals mm-hmm. so then that means that you know there's those uh, online experts giving the advices and that's why everything gets messed up now yeah. so yeah. that's why <clears throat> I think we need to have a platform where things are controlled in at least as much as we can so like um I want to create like the whole idea for the uh, Rusty Cyborg was that we have a platform where professionals uh, answer the questions were what clients or like normal people yeah. are asking. So they know they're getting information from someone who knows what they're uh, talking about. Yeah, it's a trustful source. Like you know, if you if these people answer the question, mm-hmm. there's a uh, multiple uh, professionals giving the answers. Yeah. And if all of those people agree this answer, then it must be about at least as accurate as it can be. Yeah, good. And, and also, um, we that's the way, like, you know, we can, we don't have a censorship, so you can share uh, genital modification pictures and stuff. And so, yeah, so basically I just thought that, you know, we kind of have to go back to our roots and uh, try to kind of come up something similar than uh, BME used to be. I I had this kind of idea, I saw the moment that maybe try to buy BME or, or s- collaborate with them or something to try to kind of make it alive again. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking that, you know, it's easier to start from scratch and also like, you know, there was a certain things what tarnished their um, reputation a little bit. Uh, I'm not going into details or anything like that, but I, I think, you know, like it would, it was much easier to kind of start from, fresh. Yeah. yeah. And also like, you know, because the, everyone thought that BME is dead, so it's dead. So like, you know, it's really difficult to kind of make people understand that, you know, it's not that we kind of start it again. Yeah. So like, uh, but also if you're thinking that when Sanon started like mid nineties and there's a probably some of the coding still left from the mid nineties. So like, you know, it would be a disaster, like a, to even start yeah it, it would be start. really difficult to try to revive it with current technology exactly so yeah. like you know it was much easier just to start from uh, scratch and do that like yeah. we do the only thing is like you know we are really small community so in this kind of website you can't 
rely on example Google Ads and that kind of things so we have to have a, like a membership fee because otherwise we can't you know run this kind of website yeah. we spend tens of thousands for this website and uh, we've been paying hosting fees for this not cheap for that big website uh, from our pocket for last year already so I really hope that people understand that you know they like you know we need this yeah and they are willing to start using this website not just by having it on the side and using a facebook as a main main media well it's like you know obviously up to all the people from the industry if yeah the community has to support, support it, it. Yeah. yes exactly so that's what i'm hoping that you know people people are willing to do because all i can do is like you know give the platform and hoping that people find it and start using it as like you know as they use facebook i personally think that you know it would be much nicer to go to a website where you only can discuss about subject what really interests you yeah. instead that you know reading all these fucking fake news and uh, donald trump shit and fucking brexit shit non-stop it might just make you angry yeah like you know and that's also one thing like you know the facebook is it's now something like you know but you open it and you are already angry for, for start so that's why it's so full of trauma of course trauma exists in, in any fucking platform where, where people are mm. but i think the trauma is less likely to happen in our platform than in facebook firstly because you pay for your membership fee and if you break the rules you out yeah so obviously that makes you thinking and people time. people come to that community for for a specific reason yeah exactly so if people want to um try out rusty cyborg what what's the url how do they find it on the internet it's a rusty okay that's yeah, easy easy yeah and i really hope that you know we can collaborate with app and all the, like other like a uk app and all that stuff that you know they can use our website as a platform as well for you know like educating people but also like you know keeping contact and having private groups for that and stuff like that good all right best of luck to uh your website and uh, your jewelry line in the future thank you Sampa is always interesting to talk to, um, especially because, you know, I only see him in person once a year. I mean, he's bouncing around. He does the the U.S., but I mean, he also does tours of Australia and, and Europe and, and all over the place. So whenever I see him, I like to catch up and kind of talk about his new projects. And there's, you know, he's usually got five or six different things going at once, you know, whether it's uh, different kinds of body jewelry or a website or, you know, something not even related, you know, something music related or when he like had his own line of comic books or when he had his own line of like clothing or you know his own silicone implant uh, pieces all, all that stuff like he's a really busy uh, uh, interesting person who who's always focusing on a couple of different things next up I'm gonna do a couple of questions from the the mailbag uh, Elaine Angel was my guest recently and she's very, very well known for doing specialty genital work, uh, including a piercing called the triangle piercing. And my first question actually is about that. It says, how do triangle piercings work? They look so beautiful and I'd consider getting one, but I'm just curious about where everything is placed. So if you're already familiar with body piercing to an extent and you're aware of what the horizontal clitoral hood piercing is, 
A triangle piercing can look somewhat similar. Um, it's in the, the same general area, but basically imagine the, the, the clitoris and then imagine the clitoral hood covering that, you know, the, uh, the analogy of uh, the little man in a boat, basically. So a horizontal clitoral hood piercing is just through uh, the, the covering uh, over the, the clitoris, just that hood tissue, um, but it's uh, above the clitoris. So you can get some contact and some stimulation, but not a lot. It's really just kind of something like resting uh, against the clitoris. A triangle piercing is pretty popular for people who are looking for something specifically for sexual stimulation. And rather than being uh, above the clitoris, it actually sits under the, the clitoris or the clitoral shaft, really. So it kind of looks like the placement of a horizontal hood piercing, but it's it's uh, deeper. The, the main problem with a, a triangle piercing, not necessarily a problem, but maybe challenge or obstacle, is that it, it's, it's somewhat anatomy dependent. Uh, you need to have more of a, 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 a peaked kind of uh, clitoral hood and... Um, kind of the relation to the, the shape of the, the, the labia, the outer labia, really. So um, typically, some people will say that the criteria for being a candidate for a triangle piercing is that the, the hood uh, is kind of visually exposed when the legs are somewhat close together. If the outer labia is meet in a way where it, it entirely covers the clitoral hood, um, a triangle piercing can kind of get like twisted and turned from side to side. So um, typically these body piercings require uh, a consultation first, an anatomy check basically. So if you're interested in this piercing, uh, be aware that that is a, a pretty normal part of the procedure. Typically you would you would go in, you would talk to the piercer, ask any questions you might have. Then they would bring you back into the, the piercing area. They would kind of check out your anatomy, evaluate you as to whether or not you're, you're a good candidate for that piercing. Um, if you're turned down by someone, there is absolutely no harm in getting a second opinion. Uh, some body piercers, myself included, might have limited experience with the triangle piercing. So for myself, if someone comes in and they're not an ideal candidate, I would probably uh, turn them away or refer them to someone else with a little bit more experience. You know, if you go to someone like, you know, a, a, a Jim Weber or an Elaine Angel or, or somebody who has like a lot of experience with um, specialty genital piercing, you know, they'll, they'll probably be able to say uh, yes to a, a lot of those anatomical variations that other people might say no to. But um, definitely consider it an advanced piercing. Triangle piercings are not something that should be uh, just kind of like tried out by uh, a newer piercer. You know, if, if you, as a body piercer, have not uh, witnessed them or been instructed how to perform them, it's really not something you want to just roll the dice on and just try it out. You can cause some, some damage to people. Um, you really don't want to mess around when it comes to uh, sexual functionality with clients. You don't want to cause any sort of limited sensation. You don't want to cause any any nerve damage, obviously. So take it very seriously. Um, if as a body piercer, you're interested in learning how to perform this piercing, uh, find someone who has performed several of them and ask them questions. Ask if you can go in shadow, maybe watch them do one. If you are a, a client, uh, really take your time to research your body piercer. Don't just trust that, uh, you know, oh, this person's been piercing for five years or 10 years, you know, of course they should know how to do this body piercing. Uh, it's an advanced piercing. There are some piercers who have been working for 15 or 20 years who might have never done a triangle and maybe aren't comfortable doing a triangle. So do your research. Uh, find the best person for the job when it comes to a piercing like this. It's not something you want to mess around with. Uh, okay, this next one is APP related. It says, I was wondering what being an APP patron entails. I read about it online, but I'm just confused about what it means to be a patron. 
Is it more of a charitable standpoint? Kind of. So there are different levels of APP membership. APP meaning Association of Professional Piercers. You have corporate sponsors, which are the different companies that uh, support the APP's mission. You have business members who are body piercers who have met the APP membership criteria. They work in a studio that meets environmental standards. They agree to the health policies, you know, using internally threaded jewelry and you know, monitoring your sterilizer, your continuing education. There is business member at large, which is pretty much the same kind of category, except they work in more than one studio. You have associate members who are in the industry, but haven't really either been piercing long enough to become business members, or they're not piercers and they're maybe counter staff or sterilization technicians, jewelry salespeople, things like that. And then you have the patron category, which is really just kind of like uh, supporters of the APP, not necessarily a fan club, but it's basically just saying, I support the mission statement of the APP. Um, I'd like to contribute some money. I, I forget how much it is, but it, it's a really low amount. Um, you get a nice little like membership card thing that says, you know, I'm a patron member of the, the APP. Doesn't mean that you're a body piercer and you are specifically banned against using your patron membership to um, promote anything related to body piercing. So you can't be a body piercer and get a patron membership and say, well, I'm an APP member because I'm a patron member. Um, things like that aren't allowed. But you can certainly say, you know, you know, I, I've gotten several body piercings. I really respect the APP. I support the APP. So I, I became a patron member to support the APP. But that's kind of all it is really, you know, it's really just kind of supporting a, a nonprofit organization. So that's gonna be it for this week. Uh, I spent the last couple of days playing the beta on PlayStation 4 for Destiny 2. I'm totally psyched for that. Uh, a bunch of body piercer friends of mine are also on there. Aaron Foster from my shop, Aaron Pollock from Dandyland in San Antonio, Texas. So uh, getting kind of excited for that one. It's about a month away. Once that comes out, I'll have about two weeks to play it before I'm actually going to be on my like month and a half uh, world tour. I'm going to be going to... Uh, Iceland for a few days on my way over to the UK APP conference. I'll be teaching there for a little while. Um, then I'll be home for one week and then I'll actually be going to an APP board meeting and then I'll be spending a week in Georgia for uh, Camp APP, which I did last year and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and then I'm going straight from Georgia to uh, Europe where I'll be teaching at the BMXNet conference in Germany. So um, it's going to be a busy fall for me. But uh, important part to take away from that is I'll have two solid weeks to play Destiny 2 um, before I have to leave on that trip. So I will see you next week. I'll have another interview for you. I'll have some more Q&As. And if you have any questions or if you want to see something specific on the show, give me an email at piercingwizard at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.